All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by the Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you, British lady. Love the $5 we spent on that? Fiverr. It was $5 plus tax. It's called a fin. That's what they called it back when I was going to school. You got a fin? Can quick I borrow fin. a fin? What? For a quick what fin, you can get a, uh, a somewhat British, English, South African lady she to was, podcast center. Yeah, she was from New Zealand, I think. And I requested her finest Australian accent. It, it wasn't her finest work. I don't There's know. one thing that people from New Zealand love is being called Australian. Uh, welcome to Others Nation Radio, episode 42. I want to start off, as always, by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. A very special thank you to everybody who donated for Racing for a Cure. They held that event last weekend. Jay was out there representing. Got to wear his brand new suit from Indochino out to their event, their gala. Looked sharp. Love seeing the kids hanging out in the nation truck, looking sharp, super clean. We crushed the goal. We surpassed that goal of 2000. It was like in the 11th hour, the nation came through, as they always do. It was amazing to see. So we had a team entered to raise money for Racing for a Cure, as Dan just mentioned. At first, we actually started at about 500 bucks. Then we crushed that. Then yep. 1000 crushed that. Moved over the $2,000 mark. Thank you very much to everybody at the nation that listens to these things, reads the site, and helps us with our charitable initiatives. And thank you to Sherwood Ford for looping us in on a great cause. Happy to help. Happy to promote. Happy to be a part of what you guys got going on. Gentlemen, how are you all? To my left is Dan. Across the table is Cam. 
Rick on the other side as well. And to my right is Tyler Uremchuk. We are going to start talking about the NHL draft, which was last weekend. Last week's episode, we recorded on a Thursday to preview the draft and give it a little bit of love before the Oilers went up. And as you all know, they went up and picked Broberg at eighth overall. Interesting pick. We all talked about it last week. None of us thought it was going to happen, I don't think. Everybody thought that was just kind of chatter in the media, a little bit of fodder that wasn't going to happen. But as it turns out, somebody leaked what they were going to do, and they did exactly what the local media thought. Dan, your thoughts on the Broberg pick at eighth overall? It's one of those things like we all, I think we all said it on Thursday too, where it's like if we pick Broberg, hopefully we've moved back in the draft and then it makes sense. And especially with, uh, I can't remember the German kid's name that, uh, that Moritz Stevie Eisenman. Cider. Yeah, Cider. when Moritz. he grabbed him, I thought, oh man, we're going to have Zegris, you're going to have Caulfield, you have your pick of, pick of the riches there. And uh, the Oilers still stuck to their guns. Kenny Holland loves his uh, loves his Swedish defenseman, so I I get that side of things. And the other positive I'm taking from it is the fact that we have the most defensive depth in Edmonton we've probably ever had in my lifetime for sure. Um, it's uh, it's something something that we have never had as a strength. So so Broberg only makes that better, and having that depth also allows us to wait on a guy like Broberg to develop into the into the headman type that we hope he can be. Cam, your thoughts? I thought it was a little puzzling. I mean, it, it, I, I, I guess you have to just kind of trust Ken Holland. He's, he's, he's had a pretty good drafting record in the past. I mean, like everybody was saying, you know, it was a Swedish defenseman. He found Nicholas Lidstrom, so fair enough. But it, it just seemed a little odd to me. There was, you know, a, a, a seemingly perfect fit in Trevor Zegers right there, like a right shooting good forward that could probably step in right away. But, you know, I mean, I guess, what do I know? I've never really watched any of these players, so I really have no clue, I guess. You kind of got to trust Ken Holland and hope that he hits the nail on the head because with these, you know, big, good skating Swedish defensemen, if they do pan out, then you have yourself like a, like a franchise-changing player. So hopefully it works out. We have a plethora of defensemen now, so I understand that uh, the way he was looking at it. I, I go went going in. I thought it was going to be a Caulfield, somebody who could score some goals. But I guess you know what? If you think about it, nobody was going to play this year, anyways. So. I'm not horribly upset about it. I see the upside to this. I'm going to be Mr. Optimism, and I'm going to get behind it, say, you know what, I, I like this. We got a really good pick in the second pick. Uh, he's going to help out down the middle there, get that big right-hand shot. That's the type of guy that I wanted to see, so that was a good part. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm going to get on board here. I'm going to go behind Holland. I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna support this move. We have now have a, a lot of uh, strength at D which allow us to make some moves. And in the long run, I still think Holland has something, some moves coming forward in after July 1st that allowed us to make this defenseman pick. So you're telling me right now that Holland already has his trigger ready to trade Nurse for Nylander and Broberg is going to make the team <laughs> next year. He's got, That's what you're no, saying. No, he's got something. That's what you He's saying. got something ready to go. He's got something ready to go. And you don't need to even push Broberg. You've got Jones there. You may have uh, Pearson, you may have Yo. Lajeson, you may have Bear. Even without Samarukov, Bouchard, and Broberg, you still have two to four guys who are on track to push an NHL job. So that, at the end of it, I still Ken's got something coming on, coming after Monday that's going to open I think open things up for us. I think so, 
Ufe oh, Bowden from Elite Prospects offered up a little scouting report on Broberg um, prior to the pick. He's seen him play a lot over the last couple of years, and his analysis was high risk, high reward. He's got some great physical tools, but seems to lack hockey IQ. If he gets everything together, he could be a superstar, but he could also be a third-pairing D-man. Tyler? Teams need third-pairing D-mans. Um, <laughs> the Oilers have a lot of them. So. Have, yeah. That's all we have. I, I don't mind it as much as I was maybe against it early. And the one thing with all those kids from the U.S. National Development Program, they aren't all going to be superstars. I don't think we're going to be looking in five years and going, wow, all nine or however many of them that got picked in the first round, they all panned out. It was so great. Like, to quote my good friend Low Tide, someone zoom in someone. Someone's getting the easy matchups at third line center and racking up points because of it. Someone's riding shotgun with someone who's way better than them and just piling in the goals or getting two minutes a night on the power play. Like, someone is getting a lot more credit than they deserve. So on one hand, I almost credit the Oilers for having their list and sticking to it. They might have had guys like Dylan Cousins or Kirby Doc. They might have had those guys higher than Broberg, but they weren't there. And even though someone like Zegris, who a lot of people thought would go 6-7-8, ended up falling. If the Oilers had Broberg ahead of them, I almost credit them for not panicking and just being like, oh, this Zegris guy fell. We got to jump on that. Because, I mean, at, on one hand, that is kind of what they did with Puglia Yarvi, not to get too far off track. And that kid they picked in the second round, Raphael Lavoie, Big, I mean, Dan Halifax Moosehead, so shout out to you. Wait, Dan lived in Halifax? I did. You live in Halifax? Oh. Okay. I think, yeah, I think, sorry, not to interject, but I just think the Lavoie pick softens the blow of the Broberg. I need you to French move. that up a little bit, please. Is Lavoie it Lavoie or Lavoie? Lavoie. 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 I think it's Lavoie. Raphael Lavoie. That's a guy who scored 20 goals in 23 playoff games in the queue as a draft eligible guy. And he's That's a tall drink of water, too. But he's also he was also a late birthday, so he was 18 years old playing in the queue that year. Still, though, 20, 20 goals in 23 games. That's something that if even if you're a 20-year-old, at that level, you're looking at and going, that's really, that's, really uh, Those are the kind of numbers that you put up in your beer league. Yeah, actually, that's a fantastic point as well. Um, <laughs> but I look at him like a right shot winger. I think in a couple of years, I don't think he's going to need like terribly long to develop. In a couple of years, I think you're looking at a guy there who could seamlessly slide up to the NHL the way someone like Alex Debrickat did. There he, was talk that Montreal was going to take him at 15. Well, there, like so I was covering the draft for ON on the weekend, and I wrote about Lavoie when they picked him up at 38. It was interesting to see how he was kind of the reverse of Broberg in a sense of just where he went relative to the lists and rankings and mock drafts and blah, blah, blah. Because like you said, Tyler, a lot of people had him kind of mid to late first round and he ends up sliding to 38. And as I'm putting everything together, looking at the scouting reports, looking at his highlight packs, man, the kid's got hands. He can play and he's huge. It's going to be interesting to see how he goes. With Ken Holland in town, you know they're going to slow play him. He's probably going to go. He's going to go back to junior again. Probably rip it up, then turn pro and see what happens. But all in all, I think those first two rounds were pretty good for the Oilers. I it's mean, it's definitely I, a win. I don't it's know, a big big win. Tyler said it last week. I think where the reality is, I've seen scouting reports and highlight packs on these kids, but that's it, right? So. The Broberg pick was a little bit weird given that Zigaress was still on the board. However, I'm smart enough to realize I don't know jack shit. You remember what Crosby's wingers? Who are Crosby's wingers? I know Dan knows this. Who are Crosby's <laughs> wingers in Ramuski? Are you going to take a shot uh, at Mark, Mark Antoine Pouliot? But these guys came out. Everyone's like, you know what? Roussel. These are the guys you want to jump on. And they were just kind of riding shotgun. They were just kind of a part of it. So there are going to be some of the nine or what is it? Seven or nine players on that U.S. team who were... 
uh, who would you know kind of got drug along and at that point you want to pick one of the you're, you're really risking things by uh letting this defenseman slip away to bag milk's point though we really don't know anything and so at the end of the day when we're armchair gming this you're just saying that for the broberg pick you wish that he could have that holland could have preyed on somebody else's excitement over zegris dropping and moved back a couple spots get an asset out of that get another second round pick and maybe get another you there's know, a kind chance of that wasn't even an option. Oh, no, yeah, and that's, like, that's what I'm saying. We don't know. From we don't watching know. everything, Holland was all over that floor talking to Absolutely. everybody. So I think he had a good feel for who was out there and what everybody wanted. And he he, he jumped yep. on the pick that he wanted. No, exactly. I just, I'm just saying with an armchair GM yeah. perspective, you just hope that there was that conversation. The other thing you're, you'd have to be worried about, like if the Oilers look at Philip Broberg and if their scouts legitimately tell them, like, hey, this guy is going to be a top pairing or at the worst a top four guy, and you go, okay, there's a chance we can get him at 12. And you know what? Minnesota, they're offering us a second-round pick to move up four slots. On one hand, is it worth that second-round pick to slide? And then what if Vancouver goes, Broberg's our guy too. And then you lose Broberg, and then you're sitting here six, seven years from now going, well, like we got Caulfield at 12, and he's an okay middle six undersized winger. And, oh, great, now we have the second-round pick that flamed out, and Broberg's out here playing 22 a night in Vancouver. Like, I do think you need risk and reward. Like, it's easy to say, oh, just drop back and pick up an asset too. But there is a tangible risk to yep. that, especially if you believe Broberg is the guy. Well, it, like I mean, depending on whose list, even if you're going strictly by lists, mock drafts and rankings and all that shit that we all tend to do around draft time, Broberg wasn't really that big of a reach. He averaged in around 12 to 16. EP had him at the lowest I could find at 29. So, okay. I mean, they didn't go off the board as much as Eisenman did in Detroit with Moritz, Moritz Cider, Cider. This is not like this is not like Thomas Hickey, like fourth overall. Yeah, exactly. It's. I mean, everybody knew after the first two guys, the draft's a total crapshoot. Like anything can happen. Like the difference between these players is so marginal at this point. I think a lot of it ultimately comes down to your player development too, right? Like the guys you're grabbing right now. I bet you you could argue that Trevor Zegers is a more refined player right now as an 18 year old or whatever. But, I mean, it's all about the package and the projection and what you can develop the skill set into. And, I mean, if the Oilers can develop Broberg properly, they probably have themselves a top-pairing DMM, which is better than a middle-six winger. And to counter Ufe there, uh, I was listening to the uh, Low Tide on Monday, and they had Corey Promen on. And he gave his assessment on Broberg, which was completely different, which gave me a lot more promise behind it. You know, things kind of went downhill from in the second half of his season. He lost his power play time, never really got back to that again. He's out there playing with men. So, yeah, you know, if his IQ doesn't look great, well, he's out there playing with men and he's not exactly there yet. When he plays against his own peers, he looks very, very good. Because he was, he was top demon at the World Juniors, wasn't it? Something like that, Which yeah. is like the exact same age Oscar and things, and But things went downhill for him after that, right? That's when he got sick and stuff. And... Yeah, no, if you just listen to Pronman, after listening to it, I was much more behind this pick. The only counter I would say to the Pronman thing is Ufe's actually watched him play. Yeah. I mean, so is Pronman. Pronman watches these guys like religiously throughout the season. Yeah, he does. No um, doubt. And the, it wasn't the different. World Juniors, it was the U18s, Broberg. Ah. Because there was talk like before the U18s, he was kind of almost like a no-name. Like people were like, ah, mid-second, late-second. And then he just like burst onto the scene at the U18s, and that's what really shot him into the first-round talent. Um, there is something, too, I think, when these guys play against men overseas that just has them maybe even a little bit more primed. Like, I don't know. There, There is a 
big difference between playing in juniors against your age and ripping it up and even just being competent and in the lineup in these pro leagues overseas. Do you think that, speaking of which, do you think he's going to go, if you're just to guess, obviously we don't know yet, they're talking about the options, is he going to stick in Sweden or come and play for Steve Steos's Hamilton team in the CHL? I, I really think he should just go back overseas. If that's where he's comfortable, like, on one hand, let him pick. And if he really wants to come to North America and play in the OHL, then sure, why not? But I just don't see very much of a downside. Um, unless they're, unless you read the situation with AIK and go, you know what, he's not going to get playing time there or something like that, then maybe you bring him over and tell your buddy Steve Stales, hey, you're playing this kid 20, 25 a night. But if he can go play against men and play 19, 20 minutes a night, get power play time, I, I think you send him back. I like the well, idea of going and physically grabbing Steve Stales by the collar. Saying, mm-hmm. You need to play him. this guy 37 yeah. minutes a night. Or so help me God, I'll kick your ass. You teach oh, yeah. him to ring it around the boards for the Steve Steos breakout. You're telling me you don't want Broberg learning how to get down and block shots from steady Steve Steos? Every Is that what you're telling me right now? Every practice, I want 100 <laughs> reps of off the glass and out for Philip Broberg. I just think that if the if the scouting report is saying that the guy lost his confidence because he was losing playing time in the Swedish league, you bring him over to North from America. Illness, yeah, no, no, but but he's losing that. He's losing his confidence in his element over there. You bring him over to North America. You let him. You let him excel against his uh, his age group, and uh, and then you have a, a better better look at him for this year. Well, I think I heard his team over there is supposed to be a younger team too, so maybe uh, minutes aren't going to be that big of an issue. But I do agree with Tyler. It's got to come down to where he gets the most ice time. Yeah, and last year another thing that contributed uh, to him losing his ice time was that they were kind of pushing for a title over there, and I think they acquired another D-man who like started taking over the top power play units. And that pushed another guy to the second pairing. And then when Broberg came back in the lineup, it was almost just like, we have no room for this 17, 18-year-old kid. So I think what our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant are telling everybody is to be patient with Philip Broberg. He's a young kid. He just turned 18 last weekend. Lots of time to develop. It's going to be a couple of years, two, three, four years. Like, how long did it take Clefbaum to crack the lineup? I'm trying to think. It was, it was He was drafted in 2011. 2011. And then he didn't make the jump for three, four years. So... It's going to take some time. Who knows what Broberg's going to look like? Who knows what those abs are going to look like? Dan went, and uh, thank you for doing that on your laptop, Dan. No, nope. search for, history has uh, got to be really, really weird right well, now. Well, Dan's search history will prevent him from ever becoming prime minister, so that's a good thing. Um, it's going to take time. Like I said, our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant, they want you to be patient. Not when you're looking for a new vehicle. Oh, no. If you're looking for a screaming deal, you head on down to Sherwood Ford, and you find one. How do you find them? Follow them on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. One thing I want to talk about for the draft as we start to move on is, was anybody surprised by the Oilers' lack of activity in terms of trades? I mean, we did we took guesses on what was going to happen. I said Russell was going to be moved. He is still an Oiler. I thought JP, uh, Jesse Pugliarvi might be moved. He is still here, kind of. Is everybody surprised? Dan, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think we all were. I think we all went around the table, and we all had we all had the guys that we thought were going to be out of the out of town by the end of draft weekend, and it just didn't it just didn't come come through. I I think that there is there's got to be something bubbling underneath the surface because because it can't continue the way it is. That list this morning of of our options at left wing uh, on that Willis second line, uh, I believe it was uh, young Jonathan Willis uh, put that out today, saying that Jujar Kara. Milan Lucic, 
Who else was there? Who were the other Benson, two options? Benson was there. Benson or uh, Nygaard. Nygaard as our uh, as our top options for a left winger up on the second That's line. Good. It's a uh, it's a rough look. So Kenny Holland can't be happy with that kind of that kind of outlook, and uh, he has to be making making some kind of. He just looks at the uh, he looks at the left wing depth that Jonathan Willis tweets out this morning, and he's like, "Oh <laughs> fuck!" And he hands him his resignation yeah, letter. And he has to make a trade. There is something out there. A lot of these contracts are easier to move after July 1st when they have uh, their signing bonuses come out. Uh, I know I was hopeful that something was going to happen last weekend, but I'm not horribly surprised. Come August 1st, if we haven't done anything, then I'll be horribly surprised. Uh, I still think there's. he's got a bunch. I, I believe he's got four, five, six things coming up that after July 1st when pieces start to uh, figure figure themselves out that he's going to be able to pull the trigger on. And after he gets that payment out to Looch, and I'm sure Russell gets a, a good chunk of money on the 1st of July. Actually, I'm looking at uh, on Puckpedia right now. No no signing bonus for Russell on, on July 1st, though. Our friend Milan certainly does get I one. I think it becomes easier to make trades of players like that after July 1st. Because you have teams who, so you, like you saw when Eric Carlson signed his deal and the dominoes started to shift, like the Rangers went and acquired Jacob Truba because they didn't get Carlson, someone they thought maybe they could get. I think once July 1st happens, some team's going to go and sign Tyler Myers to a terrible contract, and then another team that wanted them is going to be like, okay, like I have to go get somebody else, and that's where you get your you know, Chris Russells and your Nikita Zaitsev's moving around. So once the Leafs realize they have no defenseman at all? Then we're going to trade. Go ahead, Cam. Go ahead and say it. He's I know you want to. Darnell Nurse for <laughs> William Nylander. <laughs> We've been working on it. Cam's been working on this one for six I've weeks sent, uh, I've sent Ken Hall in a dozen emails. Uh, I've tried to add him in uh, BBM chat. <laughs> he just, uh, he won't I respond him, to me. I sent him an ICQ request, and he's still not still not getting back to <laughs> the me. The biggest problem, not to get this too off track, but with the Darnell Nurse for like Nazim Kadri rumor, that's being like floated around. No, it was, it was, it's Larson for Kadri is the other one. Larson. Okay. Larson for Kadri makes a bit more sense, but then Edmonton's just, they have nothing on the right side. Have Matt Benning. And that's it. Matt Benning, and Ethan, Ethan Baird, Baird, and Evan Bouchard. That is a hell of a right side. If you're going to trade them Darnell Nurse, the Leafs still have nothing on the right side. They have Zaitsev and like Justin Hole. Hall. I don't even know how to say his name. That's how irrelevant and Jake he is. Jake Muzzin. Muzzin's on the left side, though. Nope. Muzzin plays the right side. Hall. But he's a, he's a left shot. Do they have him playing the right side? Yes. Well, then I stand corrected. Yes. Ha. Take that, Tyler. You are not the Leafs expert in this room. <laughs> I'm actually not. Uh, just, just to wrap up on the NHL draft, Tyler, I want to start with you. Let's talk winners and losers of the NHL draft weekend. Who is your winner? Um, I, Again, it's I don't watch these guys a lot, so it's really tough to tell. Um, I heard some really good things about Vegas. I've watched Peyton Krebs play, and he obviously has that injury that's going to keep him out for a bit, but I think Vegas getting him at 17 was tremendous value in the first round of the draft. Um, by all accounts, Carolina got some really good guys later on in the draft, some guys that were expected to go higher. And even though they didn't make a big trade, I'm still considering the Oilers a winner. Yeah, they reached a little for Broberg, but I think that Lavoie pick in the second round is great. I love that goalie, Kanavala, they took out of the KHL. Like Those are just amazing numbers. And I know Yaroslavl is kind of a good team last year, and they run a really good program there, but you can't ignore how good those numbers are. And anytime you get a chance to pick the KHL Rookie of the Year, I think you do that. And even some of those later guys, like the Czech prospects and stuff, I was chatting with Steve Kornianos today. Um, he's a draft expert, and he kind of said, like, a lot of those guys, the Oilers pick based on skill. 
And I really like that. When you start going, like, Minnesota was picking a bunch of guys that were just, like, big bodies, and they love crashing and banging, and, like, Don Cherry might love that. But that's not how you draft, because you can't <laughs> teach skill, right? So I, I really like what the Oilers did, drafting a lot of skill. I'm going to go ahead and go next, just so nobody steals my answer. To me, the big winner of the weekend is New Jersey. Damn it. Obviously, they got Jack Hughes at first overall, and then traded nothing to get P.K. Subban on day two. That is a very good weekend. I need to go next because I'm going to jump right off of that. And I'm not even going to list a winner because I don't care. What I'm going to say is there was a clear loser, and that was the Vancouver Canucks. They crapped their pants on draft weekend. Go ahead. They are hosting the draft, and they had the opportunity to acquire P.K. Subban in a trade. And Subban right now, as Bag Milk says, was acquired for literally nothing because Nashville wanted to go and dump his nine mil cap hit so they could throw a bunch of cash at Matt Duchesne and finally get their number one center. What, instead of, um, apparently the Canucks didn't want to make a trade for Subban because they didn't want to give up on Adam Gaudet. So what they're going to do now instead is go out and sign Tyler Myers, who's mediocre, to a deal with eight mil a year. And the other thing they did, so you know they want to start winning now. Vancouver's thing, Jim Benning's not signed beyond this upcoming season. So he's like, okay, we got to win. So he went and took like a bad cap hit from Tampa Bay and JT Miller, and he gave them a first-round pick, where at the exact same time, Carolina got a first-round pick from the Leafs to take on Patrick Marlowe, who scored more goals than JT Miller. So the Vancouver Canucks got absolutely spanked around on the draft that they were hosting when they could have they could have traded for P.K. Subban. And then you're capitalizing on Elias Pettersson's entry-level contract that they fucked up. Were they willing to take on the whole contract? Well, I mean, New Jersey, like they, Jersey that, took on the whole contract. So I think that's what I heard. That's what I mean. Was, you have the chance to acquire Subban because he became a cap dump for Nashville because of their circumstance. If you just take on that full contract, three years, nine mil per year, you get yourself a very good player without having to give up much. And instead, if they were scared of the nine million, then what the hell are you doing considering Tyler Myers for seven or eight mil a year? That's a fair point. What's their contract like? Because I have to uh, give a shout out to, to Bobby Lou. For throwing him a yeah. $3 million anchor for the next three years? <laughs> Bobby, I'm a big Roberto, fan of seeing that. Roberto Luongo jumps in. He logged on to Twitter one day and he saw that they were considering signing Tyler Myers. So he's like, oh my God, I need to protect them from doing this. So he retired. They got a cap recapture penalty of $3 million for the next three years. And now it might be a little harder for them to sign Tyler if he went, if he went Biggest one more save year, in Luongo's career. If he Canucks. went one more year on LTIR, I think they would have been a one year. But it was a, it was a stupid number. Like three over three isn't that bad. Like it sucks, but if he went one more year, the buyout would have been horrible. You wonder how bad things are with Lucic and Edmonton. I had multiple people texting into the lowdown, being like, "Hey, do you think the Oilers can trade Lucic for the Luongo recapture penalty?" People, <laughs> the Oilers fans wanted to acquire it in exchange for Lucic, which is impossible, by the way. I think my loser of the draft. I know we were saying for winners, but you guys have taken all the good ones. Uh, my loser would be the Columbus Blue Jackets. And who, why? Who didn't have a first-round pick because of the Duchesne trade. They didn't have a second-round pick because they traded away David Clarkson's contract to Vegas. Along with William Carlson. Yep. Who was, was once a 40-goal scorer for the Vegas Golden Knights. And they didn't have a fifth or sixth-round pick because of the, the McQuaid trade. Well, they so went they, all in on this year, and and the the Big biggest risk. part of that, the biggest reason that they're the losers is they're both gonna, they're going to lose both Panarin and Bobrovsky for nothing because they went all in this year. But they won their first playoff series ever, and they have and they Duchesne. have no draft picks, and this, no real draft picks from and this. Uh, 
And Duchesne, But yeah. you got to dive in and win your one playoff series ever. I mean, like, look at how hard <laughs> Oilers fans hold on to the 2017. It's a Raptors game. fan right here in Kauai. <laughs> you you got to go you all need, in on one you year. You need your win, man. You need to get your Ws. You can't just, you can't always be worrying about the future. You can hit by, get hit by a car tomorrow. This is why you answered, I, would you take, to my hypothetical of, would you take uh, the non-injury to Dwayne Rollison, meaning you win one cup, and then everything else happens except you'd never get Connor McDavid. That's easy. I take 2006 and it's not close. You take that cup. Of course. Final. You take the certainty no matter what. See, and, and that's, a li- that's a little bit different because knowing you'll get McDavid, I still think McDavid will guarantee- guarantees you two cups in the next 15 years. Agreed. I, I think I think it does. You can shake your head at me and not say a word into the mic, Coom, but I think it does. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I see. I, like I'm, I think I'll take my chances to win two cups in 15 years and get you the think chance. The Edmonton to... Oilers are going to win two Stanley Cups in Connor McDavid's 15 year career. Yes, you think so? Yes. And you take that. You take that with 100 percent certainty that it's worth not going back in time and getting the 2006 Stanley Cup. Yeah. Well, that's not fair because you were fucking two years old then, whereas I was 13 and that was a key moment <laughs> in my life. Is yeah, I was twenty one. I was ready to yeah. shut that shit down. Um, but anyways, with Columbus, like it's not like they had such a bright future where you were sitting there and going, "Oh, they're they're a lock to win a cup if they just keep going on this path." No, they knew that they were probably going to lose Bobrovsky. They knew they were probably going to lose Panarin. So I love the fact that Kekalina pushed his chips into the middle. And at the end of the day, he lost in Game Six to the eventual Stanley Cup champions. It's not like they went and got smoked by Tampa in the first round, right? Like, no, they, they had a legitimate chance there. And, Nikolainen recognized that the East was wide open this season, and if he could get past Tampa Bay, they had a real shot at winning that thing. So I still don't think there's any sort of regret in the Columbus organization. You don't think that there could be some regret just in the sense that all the guys they got, Mm -hmm. plus their two stars... Are now gone somewhere else. Like and the cupboards are bare because the draft picks also. But the win. cupboards aren't necessarily bare. You still have guys like Ollie Bjorkstrand, Josh Anderson, Pierre Luc Dubois. Pierre Luc Dubois on the back end. You're still loaded up. Jones, Wierenski. Say what you want about Ryan Murray never being healthy, but when he's ready and in the lineup and healthy, if that ever happens for one sixty games a year, he's a legit top four option as well. Guys like Marcus Nudevar in there. Alex Tessier was really really good in the playoffs too. So. They still have some good pieces. Plus, it's not like they're know, a barren I, wasteland. The, the player that um, Ottawa drafted with the pick, that that uh, the Duchesne pick, that w- w- people were saying Ottawa had like the worst draft because they drafted some guy that was supposed to go like mid second round. So like, what did what did Columbus really give up here? Well, they gave it up to Ottawa, which is not yeah, really. I know the Julius good. Bergman. So I, this Julius Bergman. Bergman. This is who they drafted. No, yeah, it's not, it's not no, that's the guy they got in the Carlson deal, or in one of the trades. Um, I don't know. It just but, to me, it's like Kaikolainen just made more work for himself going forward, and that's fine. Therefore, and he's a loser. What else did we learn with the PK Subban Nashville trade? It's that if you can weaponize your cap space, you can put yourself in a real good spot. Now he's in a place where he has like twenty-five million dollars to spend. Are you saying and, they need a cowboy? Uh, that's actually a deal that I I wouldn't necessarily scoff at if I was Columbus, mm-hmm. and like there might be a chance at that, but. Um, if, if there was a way to get Ryan Murray, I think that's a guy you could buy low on right now and just bank on that he finally figures out the injury thing. But they have so much cap space. They could go, I mean, Ryan Zingle isn't the sexiest name out there, but he could be a 25-goal guy for you probably. I think you can go out and sign some impactful forwards. You have your defense. Maybe you trade Ryan Murray and try to get another forward out of this. I don't think they're entirely screwed. Goaltending-wise, they're in a world that hurt. But everywhere else, like... They can recover from this. It's not like they're... You can also wait a year and go into free agency next year and sign like Taylor Hall, Alex Pietrangelo. 
you don't have to like throw all yeah. your cap space this year. Yeah, right? like there's going to be a ton of room. And next year, I don't think the cap's going to go up very high either just because I don't think the US TV deals up. The players are probably going to want to do that protecting the escrow thing and all that before the lockout again. So next year, if you think teams are strapped for cash this year, next year might be even worse. Lots and if Columbus can hold and if Columbus can hold on to that cap space, they could set themselves up really well for a year from now. Ryan Spooner is a free agent next year. You can sign Ryan Spooner. <laughs> I think most pickup. people I think Vancouver should extend Ryan Spooner because he's just a great guy and he does that little hip wiggle move all the time where he's changing He his, skates with both of his skates going the other way. You need to move him out because you need the cap space to get a luch. You need the hometown boy. You need him riding shotgun to watch over uh, little Pedersen. He's the type of player they need right now. And then, yeah, we'll send the cowboy out east somewhere. As Tyler alluded to moments earlier, Monday, Canada Day, is NHL Free Agency Day. But first, I want to give a shout-out to our friends at Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Oh, that's good stuff. You're damn right it's good stuff. And we found out that Will Hawk is going to be a, one of the title sponsors for the Oilers Nation Golf Tournament, the Oilers Nation Open that's coming up on August 29th. And we are so pumped about it because last year and this year, Rick, they will be submitting jerky sample packs for all the bags. There's 900 golfers in case anyone from Will Hawk is listening right now. Will Hawk, if you're listening, there could be 2,000 golfers. Exactly. That's and what I'm say. don't count that. Like, I'll just take my word on it. I'll count for you. I guarantee all the jerky will be gone. Yep. I guarantee it will be eaten and it will be loved. If you've never had Wilhawk beef jerky, I urge you. What about the sausage? Oh, man, the sausages. Looks like these people, they know meat. They know cured meats. Head on over to wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Check out the options. Go do yourself a favor. I'm telling you. Spruce Grove and Leduc. I'm locations. asking you. Right I go to both. Spruce Grove and Leduc locations. What I suggest you do is head to both and pick up a snack pack on the way. It's kind of like Rick does food tours all the time that That's I true. really love. He'll go to one restaurant, pick up one item, go to another one, pick up a different item, and make himself a little meal. So what I'm suggesting is you do the same thing at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. The Hende is a long road, and you need beef jerky for the trip. Or maybe it's summertime, you're out in the trails. Oh, Right? Call. A little pocket jerky. Protein snack. You need it. You need it in your life. WillHawkBeefJerky.com. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio. Thank you for making this possible. Now, free agency is coming up on Monday. The first thing I want to talk about is why do we have to wait so long between the end of the draft and free agency? There's this, been this courting period that's been going on for six years now. It's too long. As somebody who likes free agency day, I don't mind covering it. But I, I mean, Canada Day, man. I'd like to go out and barbecue or something. Maybe spend a day at the lake. Something fun. What do you guys think of the delay between the draft and free agency, Dan? It's uh, it's getting a little silly uh, because they're they're allowed now to talk to their free agents, and but they're not allowed to talk to them about term. And as we all know, no term has ever been leaked That's during so this period. Like, imagine imagine in your in your period, you're like, oh, we can give you this much per year, but I don't know. It'll be. What if I just I throw this, this sheet of paper into the garbage can? And it, your and deal it could be anywhere between ten and seventy million dollars, depending <laughs> if it's one in seven years. I I would like a scenario where there's one general manager out there who actually follows that rule, 
And it's like, listen, so I know we can't talk term, but we'll be calling you bright and early on July 1st. And the agent's like, no, man, New Jersey already offered us four years, $4 million. And this year I was like, hold up. <laughs> tampering, they're tampering. Talking num- they're talking numbers. Anyways, um, but yeah, no, I don't think anyone follows that rule. I'm sure if they really wanted to be secretive and be around it, it's like, whew, well, your client is a left winger. And uh, when we look at our left wing depth chart, we'd love to sign a guy for about four years, $4 million on <laughs> yeah. there. Like we think that would fit really well, right? Like no one follows. I do agree though, but the whole scheduling of the NHL is messed up. The training camps should be opening like right at the end of August or maybe a little bit before that, like 10 days ago in August. And the season should be starting like no later than September 15th. The cup should be handed out at the beginning of May. Draft should be June 1. Free agency should open like June 6th. Like just get it rolling. We should be in baseball only mode right now. We should be in baseball only mode right now. And that's a shame. CFL only. That Eskimos game last night was just infuriating. Just catch the ball. You mean Sean White. Sean White versus the Blue Bombers. Yeah. So looking at free agency, um, Tyler's going to have something going up on the nation tomorrow morning about a list of some players. Dusty wrote about some the other day as well. So I just want to go through the sexy name. Cam, don't worry. I see you, buddy. I know you got a defensive thing up today. Go read Cam's defensive outlook report this morning. OilersNation.com. It seems like Brett Connolly... Could be already done, maybe. I know they're not supposed to talk about terms, but it's like his agent was on, uh, was it Gregor Show? He was on with Wilkins, wasn't he? Was he on with He was on the radio one somewhere. One of somewhere. those many shows. And he was talking about, oh, Edmonton would be a great fit for my client, blah, blah, blah. And just, all right, like, what, what are we doing here? Are you are we doing this tap dance where you guys didn't talk about money and you're going to pretend like we're all dumb? I don't know. So they should want to stay on the radio, but yeah, that thing is down near signed, I'm guessing. Remember when we brought in Lucic and Demers and they just rode around in a limo and they didn't talk about anything? Number related? Danny, How do you know they didn't talk in the limo? They didn't. They maybe weren't they, allowed maybe to. They, maybe they talked when they were going around the new arena. Edmonton and Peter Shirelli never broke the rules. They talked about local cuisine and that's it. That's it. Just the, the festivals nightlife? that are coming up. And what then. if you don't talk about the term of the contract? You freestyle rap about the term of the potential contract because you're not talking about it. You're singing about it. Or are you opening a Good new... Point. Uh, like a new Pokemon file, and you name your character the terms of the contract. You're just like, you can play the character if, if you're interested in playing that character. I just, I, it's up to you, really. I think people are now playing the Harry Potter game, Bagnok. Is I'm still playing Pokemon Go. Okay. I like to get my steps go. in. Step um, boys. How much, if Brett Connolly is indeed coming here, what do you think the deal will look like? Four, four years, three and a half million. Something stupid. Three and a half like years, four million. Nice. I honestly don't know because every time I think that I have an idea on what's going to happen for a contract, I, I just look I just look stupid. Like, would anybody ever in their right mind have predicted seven plus for Kevin Hayes? Like, it doesn't that make any so sense. Fucked. Your Remchuk loved that contract, though. And Everything now, the Flyers do is so good. And no, and now they have no money to give Travis Konechny $5 million. So good one. it was $7 thing. million dollars for Konechny. Yeah, it's somewhere around there. And then the far superior William Carlson signs for like, a million and a half less. Like that's a guy who scored forty goals. Kevin Hayes has cracked Kay. forty points like if, twice. If Brett Connolly is going to cost you like four million dollars a year to sign, or three million or whatever, why don't you just go and sign like three really cheap guys? Why don't you just go Jeez, and sign like three times? Thomas Vanek, Patrick Maroon, like Tyler Ennis. Because you don't need that many guys. Yeah, you do. The Oilers You're, have their like, bottom six is Oilers crowded, have like man. two NHL wingers. They need to clear out that bottom six because there's a lot of trash. So many of those players are bad. 
Okay, I think Kara, you can say, is a competent for- fourth liner. Sure. Oh, I guy. love love Jujar. Swinging that hammer. Kazian's around, a, a fine player, too. They're not buying out Gagne, and he's competent. See, I can see them buying out Gagne. I still don't. Not get because they, I, not they because should. It. They should, but I don't think they, they are. They only have three top six players right now. Three. Yeah. Three. See, but Cassian can do it. Like they have three sure. top line. They have three top or top six players, but that spot next to McDavid and Drysaddle doesn't need to be a top. So you six put winger. Zach Cassian there. Okay, so now you have four. Now so, you need three middle six players. Three middle you, six wingers. Because you move you Cassian. Need, you need two wingers and you need a center still. So. You go and you sign. Like, what would you rather see them do? Go get Filpula, Peary, and Daniel Carr, or go get Peary and Connolly? Well, the Three. question I have about Connolly is he played the bulk of his time, according to hockey reference, kind of in a third line role last year, and that's fine. But, like, is he going to be moonlighting as a second line winger just because that's what we signed him to do, or is he going to be properly slotted? He'll probably go up and down. Unless there's somebody that's going to take that spot ahead of him, which there necessarily isn't. We need middle score. We need middle depth that can score. Like a handful of guys, not just one guy. I was just going to say we need more players. We two. need guys, two or three, that can spell the other guys when they're not. But you guys are still talking about bringing back Mr. Nogles from last year. So thank Absolutely. God he's gone. Absolutely. No, this this is my prediction on Toby Reader. Somebody's going to sign him for a league minimum, and he's going to get ten goals. You also time. need another thing we haven't even talked about yet, which is why you got to sign. Luch. You got to sign more than one free agent. Is you need guys to play on your penalty kill. Like if you sign Brett Connolly, then and he's your only forward ad. Who plays on the penalty kill? Your penalty kill probably isn't horrible right now. I think you got to get rid of Brodziak somehow so you can put him in minors. Uh, there's got to be at least one player coming up from down there. I don't know exactly which one. Thought, but Jujar can kill penalties. Cass can kill penalties. They're not the greatest, but that's what you have. But my thing like, with like a guy like Cassian is that he shouldn't be expected to just be penciled in on the top line the entire season. No one's penciling on. You're gonna, I'd pencil him as a as a floater. But we have nobody from first line to fourth line. But we have nobody why, to yeah. float above him. That's, that's why you go thing. and you sign. You sign Tyler Ennis. You sign. But Brian we don't have Tanner, the option to bring in anybody Don's in ahead of him, anyways. Unless no, we do the whole. Like unless we do we. The only way you're gonna get a top six guy, properly, is to make a trade. Well, that's why you get There's a bunch nobody of, out there on. Get a bunch of what happens at UFA time. Stop going after big end UFA guys. Look on July third. Let's get that middle part set up. The top is that's fine, and that's exactly we can circulate what all of our all of our right wingers. Yep. But we need to make sure that middle, that second and third line are strong. We can put together a fourth line. Our first line is fantastic. Who's like, have, Coombs having like, an aneurysm? It's Oilers, like your M. Chuck ass, though. It's you know, it's it's whether you go after three guys at at a at a lower contract. Or you sign a Connolly and then another guy at a, at a low contract, and it just you, to me it makes too much sense to have multiple options. If you could have Toby Reader in the mix again, no. I'm okay with him as no. a yeah league minimum man. No, that dude league minimum league minimum. Who's gonna outscore? Who's league gonna minimum score contract more? is Lucic or Reader? Who's gonna score more? <laughs> who's gonna score more points next year? Reader or Lucic? Reader or Lucic? You were ready to right sign now. JJ Kyra to a three-year deal yesterday. He scored three goals last. Yeah, but that's completely different. What is it? The dude's been handling his, his wrist injury. Handling his. His wrist injury. The guy is hampered <laughs> when it comes to going up and down injury. the damn ice. You try and skate with that going up and down the ice. You try and skate with that That guy can handle the puck leg. below the circles. <laughs> he can handle the puck below the dots in the offensive zone better than almost anybody on the team that can do it. 
you you His found body a guy that you like, and that's fine. We're that's not the guy you stick with. I think we all like Jujar. That's yeah, the guy you stick with, like, and that's the guy who's a third line right uh, left but winger. But you you like his intangibles that he brings, and you say fuck the three goals. I say Toby's not going to score zero again at league minimum. He can at the very least kill penalty. He's going to outscore Lucic for sure, 100%. wherever he ends up. And he's gonna. Well, I feel like this is. I feel like this. I, we should have like a, I feel like this is gonna turn into something. You want buy another? You want buy another Kum T-shirt? <laughs> no, we're gonna. I, yeah, we're gonna this, write this down. We're gonna need this yeah, for September. Yeah, we're gonna take some bets on this one. I take. Yeah, it. yeah, yep. this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. Hundred percent. But like looking at the bottom six though, Colby Cave. He is what it is. He could be here. He could not. Who cares? First line right wing. Jo- really Joaquin me. Nygaard. He's gonna be doing something. Yeah, I guess. Brodziak, mm-hmm. you could bury him. Or pray that somebody wants to take him, I guess. Yeah. And then, you know, Sam Gagne at 3-1. That's not great, but it's one year left. So I could see either of them buying him out or hanging on to him and even playing like second pairing power play kind of thing where that's why he has the contract he does. Um, but then you have like, obviously the elephant in the room is Milan Lucic is 6 million bucks and he's going to be playing five minutes a night on the fourth line. Like you got to just pencil him in on the fourth line. You just got to accept it. Yeah, but again, just going back to the bottom six. So you got Lucic, you got Nygaard, Kara. I'm ignoring Cave because he's a center. I just want to talk wingers right now. Lucic, Kara, Nygaard, Gagne. So there you go. There's already four. That's your bottom six wingers that right is there. Bad. They're your it's bottom bad. six, though, man. Your bottom six should be good. The Leafs had, like, look at the fourth line they had last year with Tyler Ennis put up, like, like 13 goals. Yeah, so let's say you go get Tyler Ennis or Brandon Peary. Yes. And they're in there as well, and there's a rotation. And now you got to look at your top six. Like, I just think going out there, sure, if you want to get one of like Peary or Ennis or Carr, that's really good. That inject, I mean, Peary's not the fastest, but inject some offense into there. And then when I look at the top six, I look at a guy like Connolly, 22 goals last year, a decent shooting percentage. It's not Most like are even strength as well. 13 of the four, or 21 of the 22 or something like that, where it even strength. He His main center over the last three years has been Lars Eller. Not a knock on Lars Eller. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a way better playmarker than Lars Eller is. And he was only averaging like 59 seconds a game on the power play. So if you bring him here and all of a sudden he's playing 18 minutes a night with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and a buck and a half on the power play, I think that's a guy who's going to score you 25 goals. And I think a combination of Peary and Carr and Ennis and whoever, that's not going to accomplish that for you. I think you need to go and get the sure bet this summer. The reason the Oilers were bad last year was the complete lack of depth. And you say the bottom six doesn't matter, but they're still going to play what, like 25 minutes a game? I know. You want to have 25 minutes in which you're completely devoid of offense and you're just getting spanked around? Okay, but that's not my point. My point is that McDavid and Dreisaitl will drive that top line. Last year, a big problem as well is that no one was there with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He had to either do it himself. And which is why you cases, signed two middling guys. You signed Eunice okay, Donskoy and Tyler Are two middling guys really going to help Ryan Nugent Hopkins that much? No, Brett Connolly will. Yeah, but you're saying that Brett Connolly will. What if Brett Connolly, 20 games into the season, it just doesn't work with Nugent Hopkins? Well, then we're left holding a $4 million dollar guy. I think you need to make sure you nail this, obviously, but I think that's the risk you're taking. That's I just, where, that's the where odds you, of Brett Connolly scoring 25 goals with Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a lot better than the odds of one of Peary or Ennis or Daniel Carr being able but to su- snap their you're fingers and become a top You bring up names that I'm not even saying. I'm talking about like Donskoy and guys. Donskoy's like going to cost you like almost three million. I guarantee two and a half. The difference Teams. was the difference is if you sign Connolly, that's your guy. And yeah, he's, and he's hemmed in there just like Lucic is hemmed into the fourth line. Now. I don't think Connolly's going to be Lucic. If you, I'm not saying he is, but I'm just saying that if you sign the the three guys or the two guys for that same four million dollars. 
and one of them doesn't work out, the other two have a chance to work out and you can keep rotating and keep trying. See, to me, this is like if someone walked up to you right now and said, here's a $20 bill or here's three $2 scratch tickets. Which one are you going to oh, take? Oh, you take them scratch tickets. You take, scratch tickets. You take them scratch tickets. What's on the scratch ticket? Yeah, you absolutely do. Because the scratch tickets are probably just all going to no, be losers or they're going to win you like a free ticket. The $20 bill is a $20 yeah, but that, bill. That, but you're, that fourth ticket though. You're, but you're hemmed in. You're hemmed in with Connolly for four years if you're doing that or three years if you're doing that deal as well. The difference is if you, if you have these guys and one of them works with Nuge, then you sign them to another deal the next year but what if they don't are we here then you walk away from them next year and then you instead of your being stuck with a waste once again being like we have no second line man and scored scored 12 goals in 51 games last year who did ennis and scored 12 goals 51 games at the exact same pace that Connolly scored at you sign ennis you sign tanev you sign donskoy and you add three pretty good guys i think ennis could be had for league minimum so i actually think you could probably do ennis and Connolly. but i think you get one lower tier guy at the 650 750k range and you go get Connolly. Last year, the Edmonton Oilers scored 232 goals. 61% of those goals came from four guys. So they need more than just Connolly, and I think yeah. that they need to find, like... I like the idea of Connolly, don't get me wrong. I think that that's actually a really good bet. However, I don't think ignoring the bottom six is necessarily a good We're also assuming that Chason walks away. Well, that's another one. Like we haven't really heard much about Chazon right now, and Perfect. I'm curious to know so what's going on. Quietly do it. You grab him for, for another PTO. One, one. No, you get him at like one, <laughs> one and a half. You can get him at one and a half, two mil max. It's going to be really interesting to see how um, how Holland approaches this because if you can all if he can all of a sudden even free up say a million a million and a half in a Russell deal, then all of a sudden that's another player in the bottom six that maybe can contribute a little bit more than the nothing that a lot of those guys did. Here's the other thing I'll say. Who would you rather have on this team next year? Sam Gagne or Valtteri Filpula? Or if the choice is Sam Gagne, or you can go out and get Ennis and someone like Daniel Carter. Oh, baby. Or what if it's Gagne or Brandon Tanev? Like, to yeah. me, you got to buy out Gagne. I love him. And watching him come back last year and score a couple goals and the big celebrations and all that, like, it was fun from a fan perspective. But it's just too easy to cut bait with him. If they buy him out, they leave, save $2 million this upcoming season. And it only costs them a million for a year after. Like just, that just makes too much sense. I've, with a guy with Gagne, though, it just doesn't make sense for us, knowing that we have these albatross contracts that we're we're having to try and talk about, you know, slinging a first round pick to get rid of. I just think you you stick around with him for another year. You see what you got in the guy because you know you have there's a serviceable serviceable player there. Granted, he shouldn't be at the number he's at, but maybe that happens exactly the same thing with Brett Connolly, and then you're locked in with him for four years. But what if you can get Dan's rid very of- anti uh, Brett Conley right now. That's what we're learning. It's just like uh, sending it's, Leon Drysaddle down to the AHL. It's, right the it's his, but it's his contract number. It's his, it, the only thing with the only thing with Connolly is it, it's always just going to be the number that he's coming in at because he has value. And I'm and I'm not saying he's a bad player. I don't I don't think he is. But when he's when his value on the open market is driven up to four million dollars, you walk away from it every time. Well, we don't know that it's going to be. No, no, I know. I'm saying hypothetically, if it is, if if Brett Connolly is coming in at two million for some reason for two years, then absolutely. Absolutely. What if it's three by? What if it's three years, three point two five million? See, but now you're scoffing at that, and you're okay with Gagne at three for a year. For one year, yes. Because then you walk away from it, and you don't have to worry about him next year. You don't have to worry about his cap. But I agree with Tyler in the sense that I'm worried about wasting another year of Connor McDavid. We can't waste another year. Get someone in here right now who's proven he can score some fucking goals and put him on the line right now. We'll figure out the top six guys with those four players. 
We can bring guys up, whatever. We can figure that shit out, but we cannot sit here and go, oh, if it doesn't work out, we'll just do something out next year. We need to do something with Connor this year. We do not have the option of fucking wasting one more year. Bring him in. Bring him in at three years. Bring him in at three and a quarter million, and let's get on with it, and let's get the other guys because we don't have one more year to spend. I just remember so vividly last year, there was so many times we talked about that middle bottom six having so many bad players and if you have like six mil to spend just go and find like three pretty good guys yes no you don't do three pretty you got to get one guy who can score at a second line rate Connolly's done it Connolly's proven it he's done it five on five go get him right now pittsburgh I think has what you're uh, hearing dear listeners that we've all got beef not as Ooh, delicious as the wonderful beef jerky from our friends at wilhawk huh yeah anybody that's so good huh I can tell you one thing, heading on over to wilhawkbeefjerky.com. That is a lot better than the scratch ticket. Although I would take the scratch ticket. Would you rather have one bag of beef jerky or three bags of beef jerky? It's know. potential three bags. No. But how big are the bags, though? Like, if it's one sizable portion of delicious Wilhawk beef jerky, or is it three tiny little morsels? I'm greedy. I like a lot of beef jerky. I don't think Tyler Ennis, Eunice Donsko, and Brand Tan have little morsels of I You're a Leafs are, guy. There was only one of those guys. You love Leaf, it, and Ennis. he's from Edmonton. You've been drawing a, you've been <laughs> you guys, drawing a picture of him the guys, whole time. You guys, you guys, you guys all get bonus for that local pen. player shit. You love an Edmontonian him in with here. a blue pen over there. I'm just waiting for Joffrey Hearts around to come him. back. You know, we're also going to sign Martin Marins in this offseason. <laughs> Man, Henderson would be so. Henderson, would love it. Anyway, head on over to WillHogBeefJerky.com. You got on over to Spruce Grove, Leduc. Do the tour. Do a beef jerky tour. Keep some in your pocket. No matter where you're at, a little bit of pocket jerky, jerky will do the body good. Pocket now, jerky. Absolutely. A couple of other items from free agency that I want to talk about. We've only got we've got less than 10 minutes left in this week's podcast. What are you guys feeling about reports? Andy Strickland this morning said Cam Talbot, dad butt, the man we loved, is signing a one-year contract in Calgary. Rick. Good for him. Good luck. Have a good rest of your career. You wear a different name on that jersey now. I really, I've, I've moved on. <laughs> Rick will cut you out of his life, Cam. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I still think Cam Talbot's good. Like, a lot of why he was bad the past two years is the Oilers were bad. But I, it's a, it's a nice like depth signing for the Flames. I hope it works out for him. Seems like a nice guy. So whatever. On the reverse, Dan, before you get your Talbot take, what about the talk of Mike Smith coming here instead of a guy like Peter Morazic? We're basically swapping. Dan? Well, you're, you're We're swapping. doing a wife swap. We're swapping for a yeah. guy that's 38, 39 years old, has uh, had a really good playoff run in with a team in front of him. That's Why don't you just get Brett Connolly in that? Better on, <laughs> is better on defense uh, than the Oilers have been in the past. Um, I just, I don't know. It's I, like Talbot's, Talbot's as great of a guy off the ice as, uh, as you could come across, and I like that. Um, sad to see him go. And I just, I hope we get Morazic and not Smith. And I hope we get Morazic at a sensible number. Why would you want to go spend money on Morazic when you could go get like three decent goalies yeah. and just hope one of them works out? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 100%. What happens if Morazic doesn't work out? Then well, you have two more Mrazek, years, But if you could bring in Smith, and Mrazek, work, you can walk away at the end of the year. Because <laughs> Morazic doesn't have to play uh, net with Connor McDavid. He doesn't he get to play the, net the for Connor McDavid. Yeah, he doesn't also, get the luxury the of having Connor The situation isn't the Oilers need to fill seven goalie spots on their roster. It's Are you spot. sure? Yes. We I'm might need to fill sure. seven the goalie spots have, on this the roster. The Oilers have two NHL wingers on their roster, and they need to fill up the rest of the roster with good wingers. It's like one backup goalie position. It's one and one. 
Oh, you so can't make the same comparable. Yeah, it's it was a miss. It was a miss. It was if a good you try. Are, if you are listening to this podcast right now, I want you to join in on the argument at ON Radio Podcast on Twitter or on Instagram. Let us know what you think about these free agent signings. Let us know whose side you're on. Mine, obviously. Team lottery picks. Team lottery ticket. Getting away from... Team depth. There you go, team depth. Team depth over there for Coom. Getting away from free agency a little bit. Well, I guess uh, reports came out of Switzerland this week that the Oilers have signed centerman Gaetan Haas. Gaetan Haas. Gaetan Haas from Burn SC. Last year, he had 15 goals, 23 assists for 38 points. On yesterday's episode of Inside the Nation with one Dustin Nielsen, he said he heard from a Swiss scout that told him he can play at the NHL level. Obviously, we have to wait and see. What I found interesting about this is that he was second in team scoring behind former Oiler Marco Bello. Why don't they just sign Marco Bello then? Maybe they could. He had his chance and he lost it. Where do you guys think this player fits in? Obviously, none of us have seen him. We don't know shit about him. I didn't even know he existed until a few days ago. Does this bump a guy like Colby Cave off? Is this Kyle Brodziak leaving? What do you guys think? It's just more competition for that uh, third or fourth line plus BK. If it Which makes in the mad. long run means some of those guys, someone goes, that's fair. But I think Colby Cave will probably be here, and I don't see Brodziak being here. So he just can't skate no more. They're going to pay this... This Haas guy, $800,000 a year, when that's $800,000 you could have given to Brett Connolly. Um, the point <laughs> I'm going to make here is, like, when you're an organization that <laughs> is tough to the cap, but not necess- but you have lots of money, if you know what I'm saying, right? Like, Daryl Cates can open up the checkbook some more if he wants to. I would be signing a bunch of free agents for eight hundred or nine hundred k because the worst wow. thing that can happen. Wow! Is- Wait, what? <laughs> what? What's happening? <laughs> what? You just changed from like three minutes ago in the segment to now. After you get Connolly, you can go out and sign as many 800, 900K guys as you want because if they don't work out, you can just keep burying them in the minors, right? The guys you were talking about, like I think Ennis is going to cost you 1.5. John's going to exactly 1.5. So the argument was a bunch of one and a half, two million dollar guys or one three and a half million dollar guy. When you get guys like Haas at 800K or Peary at 800K, like those guys, you can just bury those contracts. And those are those are the bets I want to take. Sorry, Cam, go ahead. You have no developmental spots in the NHL for your prospects. Just sign like 40 guys. Like, not saying 40. 20s. Go sign Go sign like three of them. Sign 30 of them. Fascinating and, plot or, twist and, here. And I if they don't make the, the NHL, twist. you healthy scratch them in the American League and let your kids play. Like, kind of like, like uh, Brad rich, organiza- rich organizations can take those chances. And I like the idea of adding someone like Haas. Who knows what's going to happen with him? He could be the he... next Par Lindholm. If... See, now Tyler's making Leafs references. It's not even me doing it. <laughs> Why don't you get angry at Tyler for doing it? Can't get away from it, <laughs> but yeah, I'll take uh, Connolly and then some under millions rather than just two of them at like a buck and a half. So we've got a week, obviously, until we record next. That'll be four or five days of free agency in the books. By the time we come back on the fifth, do you think that the Oilers make a trade by then? I don't. I don't think they two trades, trade. two new players signed. So two trades, and two UFAs signed. Uh, Jesse, uh, it's gonna be. I can still see a Gagne being moved out for maybe like move up a draft pick type of situation, and they buy him out, and we can get him back at a proper price. I can see a Gagne going. Gagne, Luch. I hate saying this one. Puliarvi or Russell somewhere in there, and then I can see yeah, like Connolly coming in, and maybe one other type of guy who's gonna be around a million dollars. I just think we overpay for Connolly. We signed Mike oh, Smith, brother. and there's no more trades. And no you, trades until And you still episode. want Reader on the team. <laughs> Cam? 
I think the Oilers are going to sign Mike Smith and Thomas Vanek. Those are like my very my, my very clear certains. Trades or no trades? Uh, there's gonna be no trades. Tyler, um, I think they'll I think they'll get Connolly three years, three and a half million dollars. I think they'll find a taker for Chris Russell, and the return will be a slightly overpriced third line center for him. And then I think they'll find a deal for Yessa as well. Um, there'll be one more free agent in there, like under a million bucks. So I'll say Connolly, a cheap UFA, a Russell deal, and a JP deal. I'm gonna go ahead and say that I think the Brett Connolly deal is already done. I'm going to say that on Monday morning, first thing, that one's going to be announced, despite the fact that they are not allowed to talk about money or term. Well, so they'll they, just agree really quickly. They just on yell very, very quickly. Phone, yeah. So I think that one's going to get done. I'm going to go ahead and predict an exact trade of Sam Gagne to the Ottawa Senators because they need to get to the cap floor mm-hmm. for some kind of draft pick. I still think somebody needs a cowboy, but I, I think they'll probably trade for maybe a third line player that is coming in around three million bucks so they save a million on the russell deal and uh for as for a goalie i'm gonna go ahead and keep fingers crossed that it's peter morazic and not mike smith how about this for a deal since ottawa does need cap space i I really like rick's idea i've mentioned that a few times you trade gagne to ottawa for a third round pick does that be kind of on par with the leafs paying a first to get rid of marlow six so a third to get rid of three mil Ottawa just buys them out immediately, quickly, and you sign them for league minimum. I'd be happy with that. You save two point two million. That gives you enough money to go get Brandon Tanev. You say now we're talking. There we go. And now like you get Connolly like and you get Tanev. Yeah. Right? All team depth. Now I like it. You come like, over to the dark side, and I, I love feel it. like Gagne would also be open to that if it was like a handshake deal. Like, hey man, yeah. just come on. You just got to make sure the NHL doesn't on. find out. Well, I mean, the NHL hasn't found out about these non-negotiations leading up to free agency. Yeah, their head's in the sun. I think we're safe there. And to wrap things up, I just want to go ahead and mention the third annual Oilers Nation Open out at Cougar Creek coming up on August 29th. It's a Thursday. We are raising money for the Jason Greger Foundation. It is a great time. Early bird pricing is on until July 10th, so do not procrastinate. I'm going to go ahead and suggest that you pretend the tournament is coming up tomorrow. So you round up your boys, your ladies, whoever you want to play with, Enter a team, go to nationgear.ca, get in on the early bird pricing, come and join us and have a great, great day. It is a fun time. We drink too much. We eat too much. We golf poorly. We have a lot of games, a lot of great sponsors, and a lot of great prizes this year. I'm not going to tell, I'm going to tease you guys a little bit. The winners get some cool shit this year. Yeah, they do. Really cool shit. And I'm going to be so pumped to see whoever wins the tournament this year sliding on whatever prize you may get. I'm telling you it's cool. I'm telling you it's awesome. Go on out to nationgear.ca, enter your team today. And then I want to wrap up by saying thank you to Sherwood Ford, the Giant, and our friends at Will Hawk Beef Jerky for making this all possible and letting the five of us yell at each other about Brett Connolly. Thank you for making this happen. Have a great weekend. Team Depth. Shout out, Damien. Welcome, Brett. Best wishes. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.